Thank you for tuning in to the Market Monthly Podcast. I'm John Gardner. It is November 30th, the last day of the month, and therefore time for the November Market Monthly Podcast. For those of you who have uh, heard the podcast before, thanks for tuning back in. For those of you who are uh, listening for the first time, welcome to my Market Monthly Podcast. So just uh, by way of, of kicking this podcast off, I'd like to remind uh, you folks that uh, really my market monthly podcast is really all about uh, highlights and insights. Highlights the month behind us. Here we are, last day of November, so we'll talk about uh, the month just passed and my insights uh, with respect to the month ahead as we approach December tomorrow and of course the year end coming up. So, And for the month ahead, my uh, my insights and perspectives are mainly based on current financial market and economic trends. I place emphasis on, on, on relevant developments in areas ranging from Fed policy. We've got lots of that coming up in December, even had a big splash today. I'll come back to that. Uh, also focus my, my future insights on company earnings, changing investor sentiment, and all things relevant to the markets and, and its trend and the overall impact that they have on uh, on my expectations going forward. Okay, so let's get started. Uh, just a, a quick sidebar, maybe a little bit uh, on, on me. Again, I'm John Gardner. Uh, I'm a certified financial planner. I'm a certified portfolio manager. Uh, and, and founder of Blackhawk Wealth Advisors here in Danville, California. Uh, I've been an investment advisor since 1984, which uh, is obviously a long, long time, uh, and I still have a passion for my profession. Uh, so uh, having said that, uh, that's who I am, and, and, and now uh, on to the November Market Monthly podcast. So looking back at November, one of the challenges that, that, that November had uh, was October. <laughs> October was a tough act to follow. Um, remember that, that the Dow, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, uh, a.k.a. the Dow, was up 14% in October Okay, last month. So it, that was the best month for the Dow since 1976, and and even more impressive still, it was the best October of any year since the birth of the Dow Index in 1896. So needless to say, November had a lot to live up to. Um, it, it was uh, obviously, a, a, a November was a month that uh, saw continued uh, volatility uh, the, the market's overall trend, and I'll come back to some of these uh, noteworthy uh, moments in the month, but uh, the, the market's overall trend changed twice, went from uh, confirmed uptrend to market under pressure, and then back to confirmed uptrend. Uh, that certainly speaks to the volatility. Uh, on top of that, the, 
the NASDAQ had a massive one-day gain in November, uh, up 7%, again, in one day. It was the 14th best one-day move in the history of the NASDAQ. On top of that, the S&P had the best back-to-back uh, -back days, so two days in a row uh, of gains, the best since 2008. Uh, and in all, in the face of uh, another... Fed meeting, they raised rates for the fourth consecutive time, uh, 75 basis points uh, each of those four times. Uh, the market had to uh, contend with a, a midterm election, uh, an avalanche of earnings announcements, uh, so a lot to deal with. Uh, and all in all, it was a, a rather strong month following October. And a lot of that uh, is a function of today's close, which Again, I'll come back to uh, that in a, in a minute. But So the first day of the month, uh, out the gate, the market was looking to digest a really remarkable October. Uh, the market opened higher, then reversed lower, kind of a, a, a bearish reversal, not good, uh, maybe to be expected. Uh, but it was it was harsh. The Nasdaq had been up almost two percent early on uh, after the opening bell, and wound up closing down a percent. So that's a good two and a half point swing. So then the second, you know, the month's kicking off, and 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 the biggest question that began to be uttered was, well, as we've heard pretty much all year, was October just another bear trap, another bear market rally, uh, would November kick off a, a, the fourth down leg for the year in the major indices, uh, and, and the second of the month, uh, Wednesday, uh, really had uh, that feel. Uh, the answer may have been yes to that question of, of are we going to begin a new down leg in the market. So uh, heavy selling across the board uh, as the market came to a close. The last hour and a half were were, were super heavy. Uh, volume spiked. Uh, volume on Wednesday, the second, was almost 20% above Tuesday's volume, uh, which again, that's, that's a bearish development. And really, on that day, it, it appeared that the NASDAQ was uh, going to trend lower and head back towards the October lows. So, at any rate, the third of the month, uh, the market, again, ended what I would call bearishly. Uh, it was uh, the day before the Friday jobs report uh, gave the market uh, pause and concern. Uh, all the indices closed down that day. So the macro takeaway f from the third of the month was uh, a, a real weakened market, a broken market that was heading lower, it appeared. Uh, the, the, the general uh, trend in the market weakened to uh, what I refer to as uptrend under pressure, kind of a break in the confirmed upward uh, momentum of the market. Uh, we saw the likes of some of the mega cap growth stocks. Amazon, in particular, uh, was down again seven straight days of decline. Uh, that had been the case 
and it has been the case since then, before then, this whole year, uh, we've really seen, you know, maybe a pause here, uh, just looking at the market in general this year. It's been a, a the battle between value and growth. Value has been winning. So for the first time in a long time, value stocks are outperforming growth stocks. In fact, the delta between the performance between value and growth is the widest it's been since the year 2000. So it's just been a conservative year, a year of dividend payers, a year of, a year of cyclical stocks, and not for the uh, highly valued uh, growth companies. Well, so back to November, uh, the fourth all around, that was uh, a Friday. Uh, the highly anticipated uh, October jobs report was released by the Labor Department, came in higher than expected. Uh, the market uh, was down at the open. It couldn't handle the good news uh, of more uh, employed uh, people, uh, lower unemployment. Uh, again, that's good news, and yet, Another example of good news is bad news in, in this market because while that might be good news for employees and from the uh, income uh, job security point of view and, and maybe higher income with wage inflation, uh, less people not working, uh, that's just more room, the market's perception is, for the Fed to raise rates uh, higher for longer. So, but, the, but again, on that Friday the 4th, the market turned around, closed uh, positively, uh, which was uh, quite a surprise. NASDAQ was up almost 2%. Uh, all the major indices were up for the day. Then came Monday. Monday held on to Friday's gains, uh, which, which uh, showed that the market really is fairly resilient. It's looking ahead, as it always does. It's a discounting mechanism. It's looking ahead six, eight, nine months down the road. It had a lot in front of it. Here, Monday the 7th, uh, the day before the midterms on the 8th, uh, Tuesday, Election Day, uh, the market held Friday's gains and actually closed up uh, Monday, uh, second day in a row. Uh, again, even in the face of the midterms and the uncertainty that uh, the market could easily have, have, have felt over that. So now, Tuesday, Election Day comes around. I'll tell you, before I go into the 8th, Election Day, uh, interesting outcomes there, but but uh, there's some interesting stats going back over time, historically, uh, about the market surrounding the midterm elections years. So, uh, essentially, the eight days surrounding the midterm votes uh, have, on average, been a positive 2.8 percent uh, for the S&P. This goes back to 1934. This year, those same eight days uh, surrounding Election Day uh, was a gain of 8 percent. So it was a, a way better than average uh, score. Pretty pretty bullish. All right. So on Election Day, all the major indices were up. Uh, the Dow had a three-day uh, gain of, of about 4%. Uh, volume was higher. Yields were going down. We're seeing the dollar weaken, energy rolling over a bit, uh, giving a chance for growth stocks to gain some traction and seeing a bit of a, 
uh, some positive developments here in a, in a few days. Uh, again, uh, back to some some relatively uh, noteworthy uh, historical perspective uh, about midterm elections. Since 1950, the average one-year return from the S&P following uh, the midterm election is about 15%. Uh, that's a lot of history going back 72 years uh, and a pretty significant move. And in that history, the S&P has, has tended to be up both uh, six months after the midterms as well as uh, 12 months uh, later. Uh, in fact, uh, the last time the S&P failed to make a six-month uh, positive advance following election, uh, midterm elections was 1947. Okay, so as we fast forward through November, as we got towards the middle of the month, uh, a couple of three things really stand out to me that are noteworthy. Uh, number one, uh, the market had to contend with uh, a cryptocurrency crash. Uh, Bitcoin uh, nearly uh, imploded with the, with the announcement of of the FXI uh, bankruptcy uh, and controversy uh, and theater of the ripple effects going through the rest of the market uh, over that. Then there was the unexpected, or perhaps expected, uh, controversy over the midterm elections uh, with some delays in, in counts of, of votes and, and runoff elections, uh, particularly in Georgia. And just the overall uncertainty that that, that caused with regard to uh, the election outcome. And then thirdly, inflation. That's probably the biggest issue of the year in terms of, of what the Fed is fighting and, and what's crippling company earnings and, and really causing the most fear, uncertainty, and doubt among uh, amongst investors and, and economists and even Fed officials. So, but in a positive surprise, the October CPI was released here in mid-November, uh, came in less than expected. They call it cooler, wasn't as hot uh, with regard to the CPI report. Uh, the market rallied. That's the day the NASDAQ jumped 7%. Again, it's 14th best day in history. The Dow was up over 1,200 points. All the major indices were up over 4% or more. It was just a terrific day, really. And, and why? Because inflation, although still high, is not as high as expected it would be. It, it cooled uh, month over month and, and uh, uh, way off from the peaks earlier in this year. So hypersensitive market, particularly to inflation data, and concerns over the Fed raising rates even higher uh, and keeping up higher for longer. So, in fact, the takeaway from the mid-month CPI report was the, the market's expectations for the December Fed meeting's action uh, almost took away any chance uh, to almost zero probability of another 75 basis point interest rate hike in December uh, leaving an 85% expectation of only a 50 basis point rate increase uh, coming up in, in December. Uh, 
that day was so strong that uh, when this CPI report came out and the market reacted positively, the general trend of the market improved, uh, signaling market in confirmed uptrend again. Uh, that was the second time in the month of November we saw the major market trend change. So uh, very, very convincing uh, market in the face of a weaker than expected inflation report. Okay, so as we move on towards uh, the second half of November, the stock market reacted to uh, retail sales, which were uh, better than expected. But here again, this this counterintuitive good news could be bad news condition. Uh, yes, the retail sales were up. Consumers are spending more, buying more, uh, feeling confident, uh, have jobs, maybe getting paid more. Uh, there's discounts at the major retailers, uh, even in the face of in the face of price inflation. But having said all that, uh, that robust spending could cause the Fed to say, "Hey, um, we haven't done enough to deter uh, this kind of economic growth." So that might uh, be construed as another uh, reason for the Fed to hike rates more. Well. On top of that, all throughout this month of the past month of November, there was a lot, you know, we have the Fed, the Federal Reserve. Okay, we have Chairman Powell. I'll talk more about him as I close out November because he did speak today and it was received extremely bullishly, very positively. But not only is it him, the chairman of this Federal Reserve Bank with its 12 district banks, but there's also a president of each of those banks. So there's 12... (laughs) Uh, influential uh, Fed officials that are part of the Federal Open Market Committee, the FOMC, in addition to uh, the chairman. And they all talk a lot. Uh, The FOMC has often been referred to as the Federal Open Mouth Committee because they open their mouth a lot, talk a lot, and they move the markets a lot. And so you have a a Fed official, the Fed bank president from St. Louis or from Philadelphia or San Francisco or New York or Chicago uh, attend a a breakfast or luncheon or some economic forum and and talk about what they think the Fed might do next or raise rates more or they're not winning the fight with inflation or whatever it might be. And that really moves a market all the time. And, And these 12, 13 people, including the chairman, uh, just never stop talking, uh, and it's really caused tremendous volatility this year in the marketplace. So uh, having said that, I'm going to quickly get to the, the close of November because that'll circle back to uh, the Fed chairman, uh, Jerome Powell, and his presence felt today in the marketplace. But uh, before we got to the end of, of the month, of course, we had uh, the Thanksgiving break, the market's activity before and after Thanksgiving. There was retail sales manifest through uh, Cyber Monday. That was followed by Black Friday. Uh, and the markets were holding on to their, their seats for how those uh, uh, records might, might look or results might, might be. Uh, all in all, uh, a very strong appetite among 
consumers to consume, to spend. Retail sales were up. It was one of the, in fact, I think a record-breaking Black Friday, uh, a record-breaking Cyber Monday. Uh, They call it the Turkey Five. That's the five days uh, from Thanksgiving to the following Monday of retail sales. All expressing the absolute importance of, of this holiday sales period. So, really, the, the market coming back post-Thanksgiving, a time off uh, between then and, and, and today, uh, had a bias towards the downside. The markets were a little flat uh, as the month end approached. Uh, the major indices were up a little. NASDAQ was maybe just barely uh, uh, positive, if, if not just flat. Uh, what scared the market uh, uh, Monday was, a, a, I mentioned the Fed officials that are there. The, uh, on that day, the, the St. Louis Fed uh, bank president uh, came out in a speech somewhere and, and, and suggested that the Feds were nowhere near done. They were going to, uh, he, in his opinion, to win the fight against inflation, have to continue raising rates through 23 into 24, uh, long longer than I think even the market was expecting to hear, um, and that knocked the market down. So, uh, and then came today, and the market was really not uh, looking forward to the ultimate uh, Fed speaker, which is the chairman, Jerome Powell, uh, who was scheduled to speak today. Uh, He spoke at the Brookings Institute uh, on the economy and monetary policy. And what he said was uh, absolutely what the market wanted to hear. Uh, The market uh, was essentially down uh, at best flat uh, all day until late morning, Pacific time when, when uh, the Fed chairman began speaking, and within minutes, the market uh, uh, spiked higher and just kept on going and closed strongly uh, into the closing bell. Uh, no hint of turning around and, and giving any of those gains uh, back. The NASDAQ was, was up almost 4.5%. All the major indices were up nearly 3%, if not more. Uh, tremendous volume, volume spiked across the board. It was just really a bullish day. Um, so that closed out the month on a real positive note, on a real bullish note. Uh, see, it, you had the month end uh, with the S&P uh, up 5.5%, the Dow leading the way up 6 NASDAQ up over 4 So that's November. Thanks to today, uh, November uh, closed uh, solidly. But but even before today, it was a decent month considering that it didn't give back uh, any at all of October's gains. So it's been a, a seasonally strong uh, fourth quarter. Uh, as I've noted in the past, this tends to be the strongest five, six-month period of every 12 months of every year. So... Uh, now let's turn to my insights and a look ahead to December, kicking off tomorrow. Uh, well, there's two things I want to leave you with regarding December. One, the economic calendar is, is full of 
of, of highly anticipated events, whether it's inflation, whether it's jobs, there's going to be a Fed meeting, this two-day meeting, December 13th, 14th. Uh, then the, the Fed will, uh, Powell again will speak um, after that uh, confab is, is concluded. Uh, but uh, it's going to be a, a month that I think the market will be, at least the first half, is, is packed full of, of, of closely watched uh, data. But above all that, it, it's a, a very favorable uh, month. Uh, it, there's a, a seasonal tailwind to it. Uh, historically, it's been a great month. Uh, if we look at at the past, history shows us that that uh, December is is the third best month uh, on average of any given year, uh, averaging uh, since uh, 1950 a one and a half percent return. Uh, it's up 73 percent of the time. Again, since 1950. In the last three years, uh, December's been up 2.9, 3.7, and 4.4. So we've had uh, uh, a string of recent Decembers showing really good strength. So that's the seasonal tailwind uh, supporting uh, maybe uh, positive expectations for, for December's continued market move. Uh, my expectation is uh, there could be some FOMO out there, fear of missing out, FOMO. Uh, today's speech from Powell uh, that did suggest that that, uh, that the Fed may, might be uh, really close to slowing its, 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 its aggressive pace of rate rising. Uh, he suggested today that, that uh, while there might be a recession, there's still room for uh, a, a soft landing. So it was a, the most dovish, uh, that means accommodative tone, that the Fed has shared really since uh, late last year, uh, the beginning of this year. Uh, so they've been otherwise very hawkish uh, this whole year and very, very, very uh, concerned with and committed to fighting inflation through raising rates. So that's December. Uh, of course, after the first half, the second half is going to be getting close to uh, the Christmas holiday season. And uh, having said that, I want to wish all of you a, a, a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Thank you again for tuning in to my monthly market podcast. Uh, please come back uh, Christmas Eve. Well, I should say Christmas Eve. How about this uh, New Year's Eve, the last day of December? <laughs> I, I will pro provide my uh, December market monthly podcast with a look back at December and a sneak peek into January and and the new year ahead. So again, thanks for tuning in to my Market Monthly Podcast. I'm John Gardner, and happy holidays. And don't forget my six Ps of successful investing. Proper prior planning promotes positive portfolio performance. So keep that in mind. Plan your portfolio, grow your portfolio, and uh, successful investing.